This is The Playbook. I think more and more uh, people are asking, what do I do when I feel this way? What do I do when I feel angry? What do I do when I feel depressed? What do I do when I feel a need to interfere with my potential? And to understand the identification and also the activity that's necessary when we feel out of alignment, when we start on a path Uh, a trajectory that we don't want to be on, that it's just a matter of time uh, before we can get back to center. Now, a lot of people, and I have been this way in the past, spend days, weeks, months, and years in a trajectory that they don't want to be in. Uh, They don't understand the way they feel and what they should do when they feel that way. And so I want you to realize that When you're on fire, when your mind's on fire, your body's on fire, your soul's on fire, that it's an indication that you have a better place to be. And that indication uh, is usually met by uh, some sort of ego-based response. And the indication of when we feel on fire, when we feel interference, is fear some sort of fear. And we have several opportunities to be in the practice of identifying, number one, fear, and then identifying what to do. And so I want people to think about the fact that there is only two fears. There's fears of the past, and then there's fears of the future. Fears of the past can be changed through our mindset, our heart set, and our hand set because we give meaning to everything we see. We can't find outside of us what we can't see inside of us. And we want to get into the practice of identifying what those fears are. And those fears are infinite in nature because the past is infinite in nature. The past is an accumulation of defining moments in our lives, historical relevances and references in our lives, void shortages and obstacles in our lives. Fear of the past is not only those shortages, voids and obstacles and failures, but also our successes. And if we don't give the right meaning by finding the light, the love, and the lessons in our past, then we will continue to burn on fire. Our mind, our body, and our souls will be on fire. They'll create interference to our potential. They'll limit our own self-image. And everyone knows that we will never overachieve our own self-image. And our self-image is determined and limited by the fears of the past. And so we need to start identifying fears and fears of the past. Fear of the future is a little bit easier to identify. Uh, Not only is fear of the future infinite in nature, just like fear of the past, but it usually results in anxiety and worry. We're anxious or worried or interfering with 
our self-image, our future, with something that hasn't happened yet. See, we can change the past by changing the meaning of the past, by finding the light, the love, and the lessons in the past. We can change the future by wishing or praying or hoping for what we want. All of these fears are met with your paradigm of faith. Now, when I talk about faith, people immediately think about a religious faith, a spiritual faith, a theoretical faith, a philosophical faith. The faith that I explain is encompassing and accumulating all of those. The faith that I talk about is a best option faith, a source of faith that is the best option I can think of. And in fact, I've been challenging all the audiences that I speak in front of to give me a better option and I'll believe in that. But the best option, the one which almost every religion, every spirituality, every philosophy and theory is based on is there is a source of my faith that is omniscient, it's all-knowing. It's all-powerful. It is infinite, abundant, it is a unified system that loves me more than my mom. Therefore, it protects and promotes me no matter what meaning I give to the past or what limitations I give to my future via anxiety and worry. And in order to utilize fear to help us be protected and promoted instead of punished, we have to identify our faith, our source of faith, whether it's religious, call it God, Jesus, Muhammad, Joseph Smith, Buddha, whatever you want to define it as. But for me, it's just the best option. Nobody on earth, nobody in all the texts that I've written and, wrote and read from you know, the Old Testament, New Testament, Bhagavad Gita to the Course in Miracles, whatever I have studied the Quran, all the different religious texts that I've read, all of them have the same best option. And if we want to utilize and take advantage of that best option, if we want to live in abundance, if we want to utilize an omniscient source, an all-knowing source, if we want to utilize the all-powerful source, if we want to expect miracles because we are part of that source, if we want to receive miracles because we're part of that source, if we want to give miracles because we're part of that source, then we got to have faith in that source. And for me, why not take the best option? And so if you're willing to take the best option, then we can identify not how to get that option, but to stop interfering with that option. So no journey, no effort of getting more happy, more healthy, more wealthy, more worthy, more of anything that we want, because we already have it. We're part of an omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing source, an infinite, abundant, more than enough source. So we have to figure out what we're doing to interfere with it. And what we're doing to interfere with it is being afraid of the past or afraid of a future, which we control. We control it through gratitude, finding the light, the love, and the lessons in the past. We control it with forgiveness, forgiving ourselves so we can forgive others to create the ease and get rid of the dis-ease. 
We control it with accountability to say to ourselves, where is the light, the love, and the lessons by being responsible for all of our meanings, being understanding of how did I attract this to myself and what am I supposed to learn? And how am I participating in this perception and learning from it as well? Which leaves us to be inspired in spirit to effectively communicate with our source and everything through us that is around us, every person, place, thing that is around us. So we need to identify the disease. We need to identify the fear. And when we identify the fear, we need to practice identifying the fear because it will never go away. It will never go away because we are human beings that contain an ego that reacts to fear. And so when we are afraid of something based off of our past or our future, we want to limit the amount of time we spend in disease and we want to be at ease so we can take advantage of the all-powerful and unknowing to be protected and promoted, to accelerate and aggregate and create exponential outcomes in our lives, to make more money, help more people and have more fun, not by going after it, but by doing our best learning lessons, having fun while we're clearing the interference. And so the first step in being at ease and taking advantage of the infinite unified system of thought is to identify the fear and then stop. See, most people don't do that. Most people, when they are afraid, they go over it, under it, through it, around it, lie to it, manipulate it, cheat it, or deny it. And they create more resistance. They accelerate in the wrong direction. They waste time, emotions, value, relationships, and energy. It's amazing what is wasted. I always say some of the greatest energy is wasted between who we are, walking with that source that I talked about, who we are, expecting miracles, giving and receiving miracles because of who we are compared to what we want other people to think we are, creates the greatest interference in fear in our lives, fear of the past and fear of the future, the snapshots and meanings that others give to us comparatively to who we are today. And so I want you to understand that after I identify fear, fear of the past or fear of the future, the first step is not to go over it, under it, through it, around it, or resist it, not to lie to it, cheat it, manipulate or deny it, but stop. When your mind, body, and soul are on fire with fear, stop and breathe for a second and ask yourself within the context of human nature, what am I doing to interfere with it? What am I doing to create more disease? What am I doing to waste time, emotion, value, and energy in this circumstance of something that is just a participation of my own perception? What am I doing? And then I want you to think about what ego edging goodness out of my life, E-G-O, edging gold out of my life, what ego-based consciousness am I prescribing to that? Right? What, what 
type of prescription am I giving this fear? Is it one of a need that creates that disease? Is it a need to be separate? Is it a need to be superior? Is it need to be inferior? Is it a need to be resentful, guilty, angry, frustrated, depressed? Is it a need to be offended? Is it a need to be right? I'm sure one of those needs, those prescriptions that we give pain called fear has been utilized by you in a consistent manner day by day for decades, if not your entire life. And if you think about one of those needs, not all of them, which I'm sure you prescribe at one time or another, if you look at the time, emotion, value, relationships, and money you have wasted with a need to be offended or a need to be right or a need to be unworthy or a need to be anxious, frustrated, angry, and guilty, you'll start realizing that that gap between who I am and what I want others to think I am has created huge obstacles, resistance, void shortages, and obstacles in your life. They have created dis-ease. And so in the context of when our minds and our bodies and our souls are on fire, we need to get into the practice of identifying fear and exploring the meaning that we're giving it, either the meaning of the past in order to find the light, the love, and the lessons, or the meaning of the future, the anxiety and worry that we're giving it. In 2008, I lost over $100 million. I lost everything. I had to walk to my mom's house to tell her I was bankrupt. The only reason I wanted to be rich as a child was to buy my mom a house and a car. Completing a happy life because my mom had provided me so much joy and love, but no financial security. And I felt that if that I could give her that financial security, that everything would be complete. And here I was at 38 years old, walking to my mom's house, to tell her I had lost everything, but not just everything. I had to tell her that I forgot to take my name off of the title of her home, and therefore I had lost her home in the bankruptcy, and she would have to move. That day and that night, in the morning after, the meaning I gave that, let's just say, was not one of protection and promotion. It was one of being a victim, of being punished. I had so much fear creating dis-ease that was unbelievable. I still look back on it and say, how did I get up that day? My mind was on fire, my body was on fire, my soul was on fire. I had not only had a fear of my past, the energetic and genetic inheritance of all my family telling me that I took too many risks, that I was on the wrong trajectory, I should have been a real lawyer, blah, 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 blah. And the bankruptcies of the family members that had preceded me and the over-conservative people in my family, all the different meanings that I was giving my past and 
God knows the anxiety and fear for my future, that it was over. That nobody, nobody would love me. Nobody would listen to me. Nobody would want to be with me. But here I am, 2023. And I will tell you that walk of shame to tell my mom that I had lost everything, including her house, and she would have to move has a different meaning. Through the process of stopping and understanding the source of my faith, I will tell you that it was one of the greatest moments of protection and promotion that I've ever received. Easy to see, 15 years later, easy to see. But faith is gratitude of the future. How much time did it take me to get from, I want to kill myself, to I'm being protected and promoted? I, my basement had a basement that day. How long did it take me to get back to I am being protected and promoted and moving in the right trajectory and not accelerating in the wrong trajectory and numbing my pain with alcohol and drugs and negative thoughts and negative feelings and negative words and negative uh, beliefs. Knowing that I was a bag of beliefs and that I had to believe that I was protected and promoted, not because somebody had proven it to me, but because I had faith, I had gratitude of the future that my life was being protected and promoted to a better place, a better situation. That was the inception of Stop, Drop, and Roll. When I told myself as I was watching Rocky on TV, crying in my bed, thinking it's all over, and looking at him, saying to myself, if I can look up, I can get up. If I can look up, if I can get up, and if I can get up, I can get there again. I knew that no longer would I resist it, go over it, under it, through it, around it, lie to it, cheat it, manipulate it, oversell it, back end sell it, deny it. Instead, I was going to apply it. I wasn't going to search anymore for more money, more happiness, more health, more wealth. No longer would I search for my why. I was going to apply my why. And so I stopped. I stopped and asked myself, what am I doing to interfere with it? I am. I am happy, healthy, wealthy, and worthy. What am I doing to interfere with it? And instead of that resistance in which I had been fighting my entire life, I decided that I would now live at ease, that I would live at faith, that I would have gratitude of a future. No longer would I live with that fear, only for minutes and moments, not for days, weeks, months, and years. And so this idea of stop, drop, and roll came to life. I started to analyze what I was afraid of in the past, what I was afraid of for the future, and I stopped. And I looked at what ego-based consciousness was edging goodness out of my life, edging God out of my life, edging gold out of my life. And I started to get off of the prescriptions. 
No longer would I need to numb my pain. Not with Oxycontin, not with heroin or cocaine or alcohol. I was going to stop the prescriptions of a need to be offended, a need to be right, a need to be inferior, a need to be superior, a need to be separate, a need to be anxious, frustrated, angry, guilty, resentful, worried. I was going to stop every time I felt that way. And I was going to breathe. And I would remind myself at that time that I had a source, an omniscient, all-powerful source. I was going to remind to that source. I was going to recollect with that source. I was going to remember with that source that I am omniscient, all-powerful, all-knowing. I expect the miracles. I give the miracles and receive the miracles because I am part of the source of the infinite abundant system, unified with an all-powerful, omniscient source. That was part of me that comes through me. And when I realized the fire that I had created, the dis-ease that I had created in my life, I now utilized my five daily practices to roll in the right trajectory. That rolling is number one, saying to myself as I reminded, remembered, and recollected to my source of faith, of what I wanted, not what I did want. What I wanted, not what I was afraid of. What I wanted, not what was missing. What I wanted, not what other people wanted for me. And when I reminded, remembered, and recollected what I wanted personally, experientially, giving and receiving wise, what I wanted, my nothingness, my emptiness, became a possibility, a faith-based possibility that I was part and parcel of everything, more than enough of everything, and that I just had to figure out what I was doing to interfere with it. And one of those things was I thought that I was alone, that I was in control. But when I took the next step of rolling, which is to see who was walking with me, who could help me, and... Therefore, who could I help? Because I knew I could give more with less and that my counterintuitive thoughts about I would give everything that I had was incorrect, that I would receive everything from everything so I can give everything to everyone. And once I realized the who component of rolling in the right trajectory towards what I think I wanted or better by giving meaning to those lessons of the path, the light, the love that existed, I realized that my possibilities became probabilities. And then as I shortened the distance, not only between who I am and who I wanted people to think I am, but also shortened the distance of time that it took to get back to ease from the dis-ease that the pain and the prescriptions were causing in my life. I became more productive. I became more accessible to others and to what I wanted. And I became more gracious. I became empowered with the ability to find the light, the love, and the lessons in all things, regardless of the opinions of others, those judgments that are based on ignorance and doubt. I was capable now of living at ease more of the time. And all of a sudden, 
sudden my perspective changed. I went from nothingness, emptiness, into a possibility based off of a best option, a source of faith, into a probability where I knew my who, into a perspective that I was protected and promoted at all times, regardless of what circumstances existed outside of me. And when I realized that I had been interfering with my potential, my infinite potential, my everything for everyone potential, I quickly realized I could roll in the right trajectory. I didn't have to accelerate in the wrong trajectories. I knew what was important to me. And therefore, I could now prioritize every day in that trajectory where I wanted to be or better and give the correct meaning to the bankruptcies, to the relationships, to the failures and successes and the void shortages and obstacles that I created. I had a new prescription to fear, not an ego-based prescription of wanting more of God, more of gold, more of goodness, but one of applying God and applying goodness and applying gold to the fear. When your mind and your body and your soul is on fire with fear, practice identifying it. What am I afraid of? Is it based off of something in my past? Was my parents, my grandparents, my great grandparents like this? Where did they have this disease of alcoholism or bankruptcy or scarcity or anger or abuse? Did, did they have these things? What am I afraid of? Did I, you know, fail at a class or what, what is it I'm afraid of? Or am I just afraid of the future limiting my own self-image, which I'll never overachieve? And when you feel on fire, everybody knows when you're on fire, you got to stop, you got to drop, and you got to roll. So when you feel on fire, I want you to stop and breathe through your nose and out through your mouth and drop down to remind with your source, remember and recollect with your source. I want you to drop down and then ask yourself, when you feel at ease, when the fire is extinguished, what is it that I want? Who is with me? Who am I walking with to expect these miracles, to give these miracles and receive these miracles? Who is it that I can help with these miracles? And then how am I gonna get this done? Walking with that source of faith, a gratitude of the future that we never could have imagined. Taking the nothingness, the interference, and the disease, and instead of prescribing more disease, we are going to utilize ease to take us to possibilities, probabilities, to change our perspective, to change the meaning of our past and our future, to accelerate, aggregate, and create exponential outcomes aligned with what we think we want or better. Remember everyone, when you're on fire, you gotta stop, you gotta drop, and you gotta roll.
All right, that is the stop, drop, and roll training. I want to thank everybody. We're ready to take some Q&A. Jakey Bakey, why don't you go ahead. If anybody, by the way, wants the training exercises, guys, I always throw in my book. I will sign it, send it to you, pay for shipping in the book. Just email me. I'm happy to send those guides to you of how to stop, drop, and roll. David at dmelzer.com. 